I need to do these like mouth exercises. Um, Okay. Welcome back to another episode of Room 2250, the University of Toronto Student Life Podcast. I'm your host, Anam Alvi, and this episode is part of a series highlighting entrepreneurs at U of T. Today's topic is focused around entrepreneurship for social good, sort of a different step than the type of entrepreneurship you typically think of in today's Uber for dogs or Uber for skills sharing innovation <laughs> landscape. I am super excited to have guest Quinn Underwood with me today, an enthusiastic social entrepreneur with several different ventures under his belt, lots of which we'll get into on this episode. Quinn is also a soon-to-be-published author, as well as a model. (laughs) Quinn, thank you for joining me, and welcome to the podcast. Awesome. Great to be here. (laughs) So you have an impressive amount of work under your belt, given that you're only 21 years old, right? 22 tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, snap. Oh, happy early birthday. (laughs) Oh, you'll be 22 by the time this episode comes out. Yeah, yeah. Um, So you (laughs) co-founded Indian Umbrella, a non-profit NGO, back when you were in high school. Mm. Uh, You co-founded Arzella, which is a profitable data analytics company, as well as co-founding Advin, which is a health tech company, which is saving lives out in Bangladesh. Mm Where did all of this start, and how did it bring you to U of T? Yeah, um, oh gosh, where did it start? I think, I mean, my motivation has always been to, I mean, try to do something that I found really meaningful. Uh, my grandfather always used to say, if you find something, if, if you're doing something you love for work, you'll never work a day in your life. And I thought that was, yeah, just pretty good, like, you know, cliche <laughs> summary of kind of my motivation. So, yeah. so when I, I moved from a really small town in Eugene, Oregon, uh, it was super white, not a lot of cultural diversity, uh, and I moved up to Vancouver, Washington, or Vancouver, BC. Uh, and just like the number of different cultures I was exposed to, the type of people from different backgrounds, like it was mm-hmm. a very, very different environment. Yeah. Uh, and one of my closest friends, Kevin Deer, um, you know, he has Indian background, um, and he, yeah, he was just like one of the first friends I made. And I think like that, that environment was like really mind opening and. I think like helped me see beyond just like the confines of like the state I was in or the country I was in and take a little bit more global perspective. So yeah. my my initial thought was like it's insane how lucky we are being in a place like Canada. And mm-hmm. and this is the time I was in Canada and just like the opportunities that I was provided and I mean that everyone is here mm-hmm. or most people. Um and Did so Did you feel like it was different from Oregon? Yeah, like very different. So we actually we moved up because we like couldn't afford universities in the states because okay, i have a twin and we were you know would be going to university at the same time yeah and like tuition's like whack in the states yeah even True. like an in-state school like a really like mediocre level school is yeah. like oh sorry no let me put it this way the lane community college was twice as expensive as u of t is oh in usd, USD. in usd <laughs> yeah, so add okay, another 30 percent. yeah, yeah so it, it was just crazy and like i had 60 people in my class oh in, in your some high of my cl- math classes you couldn't fill oh your full schedule so it was just like and i was in a public school like mm-hmm. all the way through growing up so it was like even the even the difference between that and then coming to vancouver and seeing just like the amazing schooling system that they had there it was like True. just incredible to me like what was available and then like you know, just how fortunate we were with that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, like, there, there was this motivation to really do something. And I actually, I, I was doing this school project about some kid who started some nonprofit when he was super young. And it was like, wow, you know, like, our youth, like, the fact that we are young is actually to our advantage. 
Like we may not have all of the experience that a lot of you know older people might, but because we're youth, when we do something that people don't expect of us, yeah. people pay a lot more attention. And so it was like, well, we can actually, we can use that to our advantage to bring attention to like issues of real importance. So that mm. was kind of the, the notion behind Indian Umbrella, which was that, you know, there are people, you know, around the world who are in need and, you know, we are in a really fortunate position and we can actually use our youth to help them in a way that we might not be able to the same or as easily when we're older. Hmm. Interesting that you're like self-aware of the fact that like, when you're young, people listen to you more. Yeah. And I, I mean, I thought that was really interesting because it's like, I mean, I think culturally we have like this fascination with youth, right? Yeah. Like even in the entrepreneurship world, especially, right? Yeah, like for sure. The average entrepreneur, the average successful entrepreneur is like 39 years old. Mm -hmm. But the only ones we really, really care about or like, you know, talk about are the yeah. really, really young ones, right? Yeah. And I think that that's like the perfect example of that. It's mm, like when true. it's someone young, like, like it just, it brings together all these different narratives that we have. And so we care that's so much true. more about that. Yeah, and so it feels that, like there's more potential. Yeah, exactly. With someone who's young, for sure. And so, and so, I think that that was like that was the first, that was the first kind of thing that pushed me towards doing this Indian umbrella thing with Kevin Deere, my close friend. Um, that was the tie to India was that he had that family, that cultural connection, um, and uh, you know, a really in depth understanding. Because the other thing that we were really cognizant of. Um, was that we don't, like, as youth and as people who aren't very experienced, we don't really know what people need. And so we wanted to, like, go in with a really, like, nuanced understanding and, you know, ask them, you know, what do you need? Like, okay. what, what can we do for you? We don't want to, like, project that on you. Okay, right? true, yeah. Like, really trying to get rid of the whole, like, white savior <laughs> mentality, right? <laughs> <laughs> really trying to avoid that. Yeah, okay. Um, and then the other thing was realizing... Again, hilarious that you're <laughs> self-aware. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Good. I think you, uh, that I'm self-aware, but yeah. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, no. Like, hilarious in, in like, an amazing way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, yeah, I, I credit my parents for that. Um, but the, the, the other thing was we realized that, like, so many of the issues that, you know, people face in much more difficult circumstances, right? Like if you take where we're operating right now with Indian Umbrella, um, just north of Mumbai in mm. a rural region where access to quality education is pretty limited. Um, and we realized that, you know, like that is also an issue that we face here in Canada, in mm. our own communities, albeit in a different way and perhaps not quite, quite as extreme an issue, it definitely exists. And so that was the second point that we really wanted to focus on was helping people understand that it wasn't like a us versus them. It wasn't this like the poor people were going to go and help them. It was like, look, like there are these universal problems of like access to education, like, you know, gender equality. And those exist no matter where you are to varying mm -hmm. degrees. And so we're not going to like go to India and, you know, help the poor people. We're going to like help people in our own community and help people in this other community where we have this cultural connection and the ability to actually do something, okay. you know, on a major level, which is because of the disparity in the dollar and, you know, all of that. So how did you, so if you're not going to, like, what do you mean you're not going to India and like helping them? Well, so, so like the, the motivation wasn't like, we really wanted to stay away from like the traditional charity motivation of like get money here yeah. and then like give it to the poor people and like help them. Okay. But it was more like, look, like everyone around the world like experiences this issue of like access to education in mm -hmm. different degrees and in varying ways. Yeah. And like we have this connection in India and we want to like help them do work that they're already doing. Oh, okay. I see, I see, I see. Yeah. So it, it was like, 
I know so you're not a charity that like matches with other charities. Yeah, so we work with really like really really grassroots local community mm, organizations, okay. and we yeah. basically say like, what do you need from us? And usually that comes down to like resources and just awareness. True. So we raise funds and awareness here in Canada, and we and we actually we we deal with, like we help those community organizations in India, and then we also try to work with community organizations in the places our chapters are located in Canada. Mm-hmm. So we're yeah. you know kind of dealing with the same issue in two places. True. Yeah. That's really cool. And you started that when you were like 15? Yeah, uh, 15 or 16, yeah. Okay, and it was you and like a group of people? Yeah, so so it was me and three others. So it was me, my twin, Logan, uh, Kevin Deere, and Louis Dillman. So the four of us together kind of decided to do it. Awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. And it was, it was also this, like, and I think this is, like, a theme, too, like, with all the other stuff I've done is, like, really just try to, like, do really cool, meaningful, meaningful stuff with, like, people I really enjoy working with. So it's not, it's never, like, it's never work. True. And so, I mean, they're, like, literally, yeah, my closest friends mm. um, from high school. So Yeah. Like, founder chemistry in general is, like, super, super important. It's definitely yeah. something that, like, We've talked about on this like mm, podcast before mm-hmm. um, how like important it is to make sure that like you have really good chemistry with your founders, and I guess yeah. the way you do that is like just be really good friends with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that totally. <laughs> that's why, that's why I feel like uh, it's hard when you start things at a hackathon with like people you don't mm, know. Yeah, no, I like I I never really got that concept, and even like in Next Thirty Six, which we're doing now, like yeah. Yeah, they, they, their original plan was just, like, put you in a room with people, and then, like, you, you pick your founders from there. And I was yeah. like, well, there's a reason that, like, the number one reason that startups fail is, like, founder problems. Yeah. Like, it's the number one. Yeah, the number I believe t- it. It's, yeah. like, just, like, like, leadership is, like, so important. Like, if you don't have mm. good leadership, and then that, that, like, starts at the top. Like, you need to make sure that the leaders within themselves yeah. have good chemistry to make sure everyone else is, like, exactly. cohesive. Totally. Which is problematic. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, so I saw recently you spoke at the One Young World Summit 2018 in Hague, Mm. Netherlands. Yeah. Uh, That was for a company, Advin, Mm -hmm. which is the company that is health tech that Mm -hmm. is saving lives out in Bangladesh. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me about that. Like, how did you come across that? Like, how did how was that whole experience? Yeah. So. Yeah, the, the experience was was amazing um, for, for a number of different reasons. So, yeah, so I, on behalf of Advin, so at Advin, we basically, we build uh, primary healthcare technology uh, to do diagnostics in rural communities across Bangladesh and Southeast Asia. So the two other co-founders, um, you know, they're amazing. They grew up in Bangladesh. They have a really nuanced cultural understanding and kind of like what we need to do in order to start there. So that was why we chose Bangladesh as the initial market. Um, and there's definitely a significant, eat, a significant need and there's you know large uh, population density. So yeah, it was for a lot of different reasons, it was an ideal starting market. Um, and we, you know, we, we've been doing some work for a while, but we wanted to really, we wanted to put that on the world stage. We wanted to try and you know, build some awareness around what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think one of the issues that we kept running into with venture capital and, and you know, any time I walked into a VC was, we love what you're doing, but we can't help you because you're operating in a frontier market, which is Bangladesh. Okay. And like, we, like VCs would not touch us with a 10-foot pole because we were operating in Bangladesh. And it's like too dangerous or too risky of a market. Um, for them. Oh. Yeah. So like what we really wanted, we wanted to like kind of bring some exposure to the work that we were doing to, I mean, all the advancements that are happening there um, in an effort to kind of address that and then just bring exposure and hopefully meet people who weren't 
so hesitant to work there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah, so with One Young World, like I, I, I ended up applying. I think there were like. I don't know. There were several thousand applicants. Like somehow it worked out. Uh, Yeah. Just for context, One Young World (laughs) is a huge deal. (laughs) Like I didn't know anything about it um, until I like saw you speak at it. But like I've definitely seen videos like Emma Watson Mm. has spoken at it before. Justin Trudeau has spoken at it before. Um, So many like high, high profile like celebrities, also like politicians Mm. all like attend and speak. Um, there was like Akon, yeah. there was Jacqueline Fernandez, the co-founder of Twitter was there, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nobel Peace Laureates were there, like huge, huge, huge names. And you were actually on the same stage, like you were on the same panel with Terry Crews. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 got, like, I got to talk with him. He is oh, like, no way. yeah, by, by, like backstage I was talking with him, I got a couple photos with him. Uh, no way, He so is cool. like the nicest, most humble man I've ever met. Like, man. yeah, his character from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like that is him in real life. Really? Like maybe a little bit less like goofy but like yeah he's he's amazing <laughs> that's so super awesome. and it was amazing because like he kept saying like no 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 i'm honored to be here with you guys and that was just like such a crazy feeling that's insane like there's no way <laughs> that that should be yeah, this is working right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my god that's so cool though no, that's like so dope i mean you're doing a lot of like really great stuff with advin and mm. i saw your i saw your like actual talk and you're like a great speaker you're really good how, <laughs> how did you get like, I know you did debate when you were in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I don't know. Like, I, I, I love public speaking. Mm-hmm. I, like, I always have. Um, and I think that debate really, really helped with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even before that, like, I, I've just always been interested in it. <laughs> Loud mouth, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, relatable, relatable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I was in, I used to do um, student council when uh. I was in high school. <laughs> and it was like, it was like public speaking is like totally different mm, with mm, student mm, council elections because true. the way that we would like run for our elections. Mm. Sorry, we're on a tangent right now. No, no, no it's good. <laughs> um, the way that the way that like elections would run, at least in high school, my high school, yeah, where like they weren't like political. Like it was pretty much just like whoever was like the most relatable, yeah, like, the most entertaining kind of. Yeah, know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. So like my speech is like literally my like grade nine. So my grade nine election speech. Mm was and that was like the most competition i've ever had there was like there was like 10 other candidates there was like bare, and only two got elected right and it's like all, all of grade nine big deal big yeah deal. That, yo yeah the stakes are high it's social capital that's crazy <laughs> yeah literally my intro to like my um to my speech was like me like moonwalking on stage like dancing <laughs> to yeah by usher uh, what? <laughs> that was it <laughs> and then i just talked about like ridiculous things for like 10 minutes that's no I- honestly though like i feel like that's like if you can do that like mm-hmm. it's all it all it's so much easier right because like yeah, really yeah, like yeah. and i don't know and i think like you saw it too with the with the video is like if you can deal with being a little bit embarrassed like mm-hmm. in front of a bunch of people like yeah that's like you realize like that's the worst thing that can happen and then from there it's like it's it's really like you just kind of find your voice right like you you know you build some Mm. confidence you do it a bit like that's true yeah and i i think i did that yeah that definitely did a lot especially at like a young age yeah it does a lot for you to be embarrassed like deliberately embarrass yourself exactly like large groups of people 100 percent um and when you're that age that's like street cred yeah 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 (laughs) exactly yo (laughs) 100 (laughs) percent anyway so (laughs) back to you back to you (laughs) 
<laughs> so how did you um, how did you like get to speaking at One Young World? Mm, yeah, so so I I mean most of it comes down to just the work that we were doing with Advent, and mm-hmm. I mean I I don't take any significant credit for that. Like the two co-founders that I've been working with, they've been I mean they're they're just amazing. Um, they've been doing amazing work, and and it's really a passion for them because you know they grew up there. They you know they've seen what it's like and how much of a need there is for just really high quality, yeah. really low cost. How did you get possible. connected with them? Crazy, crazy story. Like just so random. Like I, I'm so lucky in this sense. Um, so in first year, I, I traveled to Myanmar uh, or Burma, and I was doing research there on the application of mobile health technology to diagnosing child malnutrition. And our whole hypothesis was like in this country that just transitioned from like basically military dictatorship to semi-democracy and it was opening up for the first time like there's zero infrastructure but everyone has smartphones like everyone had a smartphone like i would literally walk through the streets and i'd see tibetan monks like pulling out smartphones nicer (laughs) than mine and it was crazy but our hypothesis was well you know with everyone having a computer in their pocket like there's a huge potential there for really like bringing health education um you know and even potentially diagnostics to you know masses of people where otherwise it would take you know years and years to work through hospitals and all that so anyway so i did this research um and he saw i think a blog post on that research uh, posted by the university of toronto um and he just reached out to me over linkedin and he was just like hey like i'm you know we're interested in looking at myanmar as a potential market like we wanted to meet up if you're willing and just hear about your experiences and some of your insights. And so we just like, we, we met up, we had this conversation um, and it just went really well. And then we like met up again and he, like the CEO, Mohammed, he ended up offering me, yeah, to come on board and come on as essentially a co-founder. And so, yeah, we've been working for the last two years on it. And, and so, so anyway, so like with all the work that we've been doing there, um, you know, we're scaling up now. We got a contract with the government for a thousand centers across the country and another 800 with the NGOs there. So applying with all of that, you know, kind of in our back pocket, One Young World was like, you know, this sounds pretty interesting. And then mm-hmm. we went through this interview process, did this whole Skype interview thing. They grill you on what you're doing. Um, I guess it went well. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they ended up selecting us. And then, yeah. And then the next thing you know, they were saying like, okay, like you have like a five minute speech you get to talk about basically whatever you want within you know this domain that you're working Mm -hmm. in and go for it so i wrote a 15 minute speech (laughs) (laughs) and then spent the next like several months like paring it down and like negotiating with them over email (laughs) (laughs) what did you settle on seven minutes because that's how long the video was (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah or maybe i was taking my sweet time (laughs) saving that moment yeah yeah, i'm on stage everyone look at me (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) and and, uh, as they like introduced you the the host, he was like, oh, oh a beautiful oh. model. Yeah. <laughs> it, was just, it was just the most, like, uncomfortable It was very uncomfortable. It. Yeah, you know. Just to clarify, like, mm-hmm. he was, like, focusing a lot. I, I mean, he was focusing a lot on, like, you were a model. And he's like, oh, like, don't make me talk to, like, beautiful people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you were just, like, laughing on stage. <laughs> Like, yeah, and the then awkward exactly, and then I had to like go from that into like this super serious conversation about like you know how many children are essentially like suffering from lack of access to healthcare. So it, yeah, it yeah. just threw me off a lot, and yeah. I don't know. Like my one like the regret is that after that speech, like you know, a bunch of people were coming up to me and they were like that was the topic of conversation. Oh no, which is like I I understand because like yeah, it was like uncomfortable and mm. it was 
yeah, obviously this whole thing is like, you know, if it was a woman, how would people respond? Yeah. Um, yeah, but like, like I wasn't too affected by it, but okay. it was just like, I wish that the focus had been a little bit more on, you know, kind of what we as admin mm-hmm. were doing and, you know, cause I, I really, I feel passionate about it and yeah. I hope that that is the focus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it I don't is... mean to take away. From no, 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 not you at all. <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, no. I think I think uh, you you definitely recovered from it like super well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you it just was... got super serious. Mm, down, you buttoned yeah, up your but... suit jacket. <laughs> well, it was so funny because I I like I didn't I didn't really like I wasn't conscious of the fact that I, it was actually probably is weird to say, but it was a good thing because like it. I wasn't thinking about like standing in front of this massive audience. Like I was just being like, oh, sh- like shit. Like <laughs> I, I gotta like, I don't know what to do now. Oh, I, like okay, I have yeah. to bring it back, like make it more serious. Mm-hmm. But then I like look up. I'm like, oh my god, wait. Like how long have I been just standing here? Like I, I don't even realize. Like yeah. And so it like, oh, no. yeah. And and so it like it took my mind off. I guess the audience and mm-hmm. yeah, for better or worse, it worked <laughs> out. <laughs> I, I got through the speech. <laughs> and it went really well, so it was all good. Um, so growing up in Oregon, mm. um, what was like, I guess like growing up, like what was the motivation more than just like, oh, like you can capitalize on the fact that you're young. Mm. Um, what in specific has like kept you on this track of mm. tackling social good ventures? Mm-mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I think less, less so, I mean, like I, being in Oregon, it's like a pretty liberal, you know, pocket of the United States. So okay. that definitely helps. And, you know especially being in Eugene, which is like this kind of hippie capital, like a lot of people are pretty active activists, you know, a lot of protests and that sort of thing. And my, my mom in particular, she was like really high up in pre- uh, Planned Parenthood. And so we're like, mm-hmm. as a kid, I remember like we drive to the Capitol for like, you know, a women's rights protest, or we, we flew to Washington DC for like this huge march on, on the Capitol under George Bush to like protest and fight for the right to abortion. And so like, oh, cool. I think that, that that was like a big part of it was, like from a very early age, it was like, you know, you have a lot of opportunity yeah. because, you know, you're born where you are, you who, you are who you are, and like you have a responsibility to actually use that and that's do so something cool. with that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. That's like, that's a very meaningful, like, way of raising your child. Just like, mm. like being surrounded by like all this like activism and like understanding mm. of like mm-hmm. these issues in the world. Yeah. No, I... Full credit to my parents. Actually, it's funny. My 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 parents always said, "You'll thank me when you're 21." Like whenever we they did something that we disagreed oh, with. Oh really? Yeah. So so thank you, <laughs> mom and dad, before my birthday tomorrow. Yeah, you have one more day to <laughs> yeah, thank yeah, them. Yeah, here's the shout out. <laughs> so you've been doing um, even while you're at university, mm. you've been doing like a bunch of different things. So Advin was in university. Mm-hmm. Um, you also did, when you were in first year, you applied for YC, which is Y Combinator, mm-hmm. with a company called Foodshare. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> right now, you're doing another venture with your friends. Um, the Arzella was also in university. Yeah. <laughs> so you did like a lot of this alongside mm. being a student at University of Toronto, which, yeah. is, very, which is a full-time job on its own. Yeah. Um, did you ever think like, Maybe I should just, you know, maybe I should just chill. Maybe I just be a student and, like, focus on this when I'm done school or, like, during the summers or mm, something. Yeah. Okay, so th- this this is a really interesting point because, so it's funny because, like, I've always felt that, like, during university was the perfect opportunity to try and do all of this stuff. And, I like, I don't know if 
you would like if you, it's possible to really like scale a business mm-hmm. or like scale up a company while in university without like relying really really heavily on co-founders but at least as far as like starting things and getting them going you know and i think you can get quite far along like i feel like university is the perfect opportunity because i think it's one of the few like points in anyone's life that you actually don't have a lot to risk like the worst case scenario for any one of those companies failing or you know not working out like food share like you know down the road arzella to some extent right like what was the worst thing that happened i went back to being a student true right and like you know i i'm fortunate enough that i didn't have to work full time to pay a ton for my tuition because mm-hmm. especially coming from the us it's way cheaper here um and so it was like it was this perfect opportunity to just really explore like we you know when you start a startup like if you do it when you're working you're you're making a huge bet when you're yeah. doing it as a student you're not really making a bet you're just saying this is something i'm really interested in and i want to explore but like the downside is only that i really like learn you know how to go about this process True. and so for me like that is why i think i was or have been so active is just i wanted to do as much as possible before there was something really on the line mm. and for me like i it is amazing like i cannot imagine like quitting a full-time safe job and being like all right i'm gonna put everything on the line for this idea and we're just gonna like see what happens yeah. and i also have to like worry about supporting a family i have to worry about like you know paying rent and all of those other things like that's crazy yeah like that is amazing to me and i like i don't know if i have that in me <laughs> <laughs> so, so my whole technique was like all right i'm gonna try and get as much started as i can before i have all of that yeah and hopefully by the time i graduate something will be you know have legs so <laughs> it worked out <laughs> <laughs> so so you've done a lot the last like four years, four years, right? Or five years? Four years. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what do you study by the way? Actually? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm, I did a double major in immunology and health studies. Okay. True. Yeah. So like I, my, my, my original ambition was like, I want to go into medicine. I want to be a doctor. Oh yeah. Yeah. True. And then from there it was like, all right, <laughs> I don't know about that. And, and it was funny cause like, I, I, I heard from a friend that the answer that every med student go going into a medical interview gives is I like why are you do, to the question like why are you doing this is mm-hmm. I want to help people and I always thought I always thought that was bullshit because it's like if you want to help people mm-hmm. on like any sort of scale working one on one is not the way to do it True. and that that was my like that's what draw me in part to entrepreneurship was that, well like if I really want to have an impact and I want to have an impact on like a meaningful like country or world level scale like then this is probably the way to do it Mm. and not to say that like being a doctor isn't like amazing that certainly you can you know take many routes yeah um and that there's like something to be said for you know focusing on that one-on-one patient interaction but yeah that wasn't really what i was looking for so (laughs) yeah that's why i chose more to go this route were there any points along all these several different ventures um, where you like feel like you you reached like a stopping point where you were like, God damn, I failed. <laughs> uh, honestly, like I don't know if it ever like it ever came to hitting a wall. It was more like a peter out, you know. So okay. like with food share, it was later called Fugo. Um, Fugo. Fugo. <laughs> Wait, food to go or Fugo? Okay. okay, okay. <laughs> We were playing around with a bunch of different names. Okay, okay. Um, but it, it, so, so that like kind of petered out. And it's funny because 
like I still think that the idea is great. Actually, a company that started with the exact same idea in London, England at the same time, they just reached, I got an email in my inbox from them. They just got a million active users. Oh, shit. A million downloads. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I, like I think there's credit to the idea, yeah. um, which was basically like eliminating food waste uh, through food produ- producers, providers, and consumers. And I think the point at which we realized like, you know, it's maybe not something that we're going to go full time with was one, when my co-founder moved to New York. And it was oh, like, true. all right, <laughs> this might be a little bit harder to balance. Mm-hmm. And two, I think when I sat back and realized, like, I don't know if this was, like, the issue I wanted to spend the next several years working on. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I think it's super important. I yeah. think that, you know, there are a lot of people for whom it's a passion. But, like, I, I sat down and kind of reflected and was like, I don't know if this is that thing for me. Mm. And, like, I think you, it has to be noted, like, yeah, doing a startup is not easy, right? Like, there, there is so much work that goes into it. And it really, like, you have to be motivated by doing something that you really care about. Yeah, you have to be, like, super obsessed with the problem. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think it was a really interesting problem, but I don't know if it was the one I was, yeah, intent on solving. hmm Yeah. <laughs> so now, mm. <laughs> no pressure, but you just graduated <laughs> university. Yeah. <laughs> and you're turning 22. You're no longer 21. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Big day. Um, what is next for you? Like, what are you working on now? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so I'm still, I'm, you know, still co-founder with Advin. Like that's definitely something that I'm going to be continuing with. Super Mm -hmm. passionate about that. Um, especially as we start scaling up. But the other thing that I've been, you know, spending a little bit of time over the last couple of months and really a little bit more recently is this thing called Animo. Um, so effectively what it is, and I can test my pitch on you. Okay, sure. <laughs> so what we're doing is we take text data and we leverage that text data to quantify psychological well-being. And it's basically using natural language processing. They found in a recent study from one of our advisors that they can identify signs of stress, uh, depression, or anxiety up to two weeks before a clinical psychiatrist is able to. So it's, okay. it has this like really predictive power with some of the algorithms that are coming out now and some of the ones that we we're working on. And so my focus for a long time has been like, how do you really focus on the preventative side of healthcare? Like, how do we get to solving issues before they actually come up? Because that's when it's easiest to do it. Mm-hmm. And my, my, I guess, complaint with our healthcare system now is that it's all so much based around like, how do you respond to a problem after it's occurred? Mm. And I think that, I think that preventative care one is just like way better and I think it's a lot more cost effective and I think there's, yeah, it's just far more attractive as a solution. So, so anyway, so mental health as an issue is now the number one most health, most costly health issue of any health issue in the United States and Canada Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, It's particularly an issue in like workplaces and all of that. And so our focus is just on how do we measure this thing that for so long hasn't really been measured. And if we can measure it, we can optimize to improve it. And so that's what we're looking to do in a bunch of different areas, but, you know, primarily like for individuals and for workplaces. Yeah. And so that's what I'm working on right now. We're in Next36, which is this great Canadian uh, accelerator program. Yeah. Um, and we actually, cool. super exciting, we just got an interview with YC. Right. Y oh, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, that's like you get flown out to like... Yeah, San Francisco. San Francisco, Yeah, too. so they're going to fly us out at the end of this month, May 30th, and oh, we're so going to cool. go... Yeah, go get grilled for 10 minutes. And Damn, see that's if we, so exciting. See if we make it. Yeah. Oh my God. Why Combinator is like huge, right? It's like it's like the incubator that like you want to be in. Yeah, it's it, like if we got in, it would be just like a crazy, crazy experience. Because yeah, they're like 
I think they have like a 1.2% acceptance rate or something nuts like that. Yeah, they're like the Harvard of like entrepreneurship. (laughs) 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 So hell, if I can't go to Harvard, I'll go to YC. (laughs) Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And with, okay, with YC, like... They provide you funding and yeah, resources? Yeah, so they give you 150000 USD up front oh, for the three-month program. Uh, and they, you basically, you stay in the Valley. You spend three months just like churning out, you know, MVPs and mm. products. Yeah. And then you have a pitch at the end of the uh, three-month program and you do your first basically seed uh, fundraise. True. Yeah. And then nice. from there, it's who knows. <laughs> have, you, have you worked in the Valley before? Uh, I... Like, yes and no. Like, I have a bunch of family there. Oh, okay, um, true. And so, like, I've been there a bunch, and my aunt ha- actually has a company there that she's mm-hmm. running. And so I've, I've interned with her. But oh, cool. I've never, yeah, never, like, really done the Valley experience. So yeah. I'm looking forward to hopefully, hopefully doing that. My God, there's this book. <laughs> I read this book. Mm. Okay, to be fair, I didn't read all of it. But, like, <laughs> I read the first enough chapters to realize uh, that it was so bullshit. But basically, <laughs> the book was called... Um, the Secrets of Silicon Valley. Mm. And it, it like gave this like really like utopian uh, view of uh, what Silicon Valley is. Uh. And you know, like I think I think what she was talking about, like the author, like what mm. they were talking about was disruption. You know, mm. like yeah. in the Silicon Valley, like things like incubators and like yeah. um like really fast like MVPs that come out and like getting like the entire environment there and like the resources. Mm. Like, yeah, it's like a very like I guess like productive space. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, yeah, conducive. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like, like it's a great place to like start a company because everyone has, a, has just has the same mentality. Yeah. Um, but there were like I don't know. Like I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions about the way that people think about the valley. I I totally <laughs> think like I think there's this total like bubble mentality. Yeah. Right? Like, there's like you're in Silicon Valley and then you're like outside of Silicon yeah, Valley. Yeah, and sure. I like I don't know if that's a good thing because like you I mean I don't know you look at all the recent companies right like this whole mentality of like move fast and break things mm-hmm. like a lot of things are getting broken and like <laughs> right like i mean we we just look, yeah right like we look at facebook we look at all these companies and like i yeah. don't like yeah i think that i don't know i think there's something you said for like a canadian way of doing things you know like mm. uh like take a step back like figure out whether what you're doing is really needed and worth it and mm. and then maybe move fast and break things but like <laughs> Yeah, I, I, like, uh, and, you, and that's why I'm like, like, we are set on coming back to Toronto, even if we get into YC. Oh, really? Because, like, I think, one, we really appreciate that, like, Toronto has a little bit of that vibe mm-hmm. and, you know, those resources and, you know, just the incredible environment. Yeah. Without necessarily going so far as to, you know, be a little reckless, I think, which mm-hmm. is something that the Valley definitely holds dear. True. Yeah. That's really cool. I didn't know that you were, like, trying to come back to Toronto. I love the loyalty. Yeah, yeah. 666. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, it's better than heading back to Eugene, Oregon. <laughs> you Where even is that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay, well, Quinn, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I wish for you good sure. luck with your uh, interview with YC. Thank you very much. And I will see everyone on the next episode.